The destination of this train is North Station. Welcome everyone to another edition of North Station Hoops. Uh, I'm your host, Nate Georgie, coming at you with, as usual, my co-host here, Scott Levine, the man, the myth, the legend. Scott, how we doing? Oh, I'm very excited. This is like one of the best weeks of the year. It's the draft. It's, you know, the, the finals and it's the trade deadline. Um, that's got to be three of the top five at least. Yeah, I I feel like it's one of the best weeks, but then you ultimately just get hyped up for a lot of rumors that don't end up happening. So it's the best week, but then when the trade line passes and that magical hour passes, you're kind of like, ugh. You're like, oh, another another trade deadline where it's all smoke and no fire. But according to Kevin Connor, we'll see about that. Um, all right, Scott, so what are we doing today? I know you just kind of mentioned it, the trade deadline. So uh, you want to get us started with how we kind of want to take tackle this? Yeah, because Celtics have been in a lot of trade rumors and – uh, the discussion around the Celtics trade deadline is interesting for a lot of reasons. First of all, we don't know who's going to be on the team in a week. But second of all, um, it's going to tell us maybe about where this organization sees itself, um, how many chips they want to put at, into the center of the table. Maybe it won't tell us anything and it'll be another trade deadline where Danny Ainge doesn't do anything. But it has the opportunity to be very informative of where the team sees itself. Yeah, you hit it on the head there. I. I have probably different thoughts about this team than most Celtics fans and what we should do with this trade deadline. Um, I, as you, I assume you feel the same way. I don't feel the urgency to make a move right now, a win now move. Cause listen, there's nobody available on the market right now. We'll get into all the names that are kind of linked to the Celtics. We got some questions here as well, but I, there's nobody there that's going to push us over the top, in my opinion. I don't think there's a guy there that's going to push us even close to – like, there's no available guy that would push us even to the Milwaukee, Brooklyn, you know, to even that top three in the East. I just – I think this team is severely lacking talent. Um, I think there's guys that can help us probably get the four seed and make make it to the second round. But I don't think there's a guy available that's going to push us to – maybe even the Eastern Conference Finals or beyond. Um, I know that might sound a little harsh, but to me, I just want to build a team kind of just along the timeline of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because I think that's the the goal here that we should be going for. And I think getting guys who are unrestricted free agents or getting veterans, um, I just don't I don't see the benefit in it. And uh, I sh- I'm sure you feel the same way. What are your thoughts on that? I'm okay giving up like a few future assets for like short-term upgrades. Um, I don't think you ever have to be fully in on the future or fully in on the present. Um, but definitely I'm skewing much more towards the future. I think every trade you have to ask yourself, uh, how does this help now? But not only now, but like in three to five years down the road. So if you are giving up, you know, future assets, you'd hope that the player you're getting in return can fill that window and make a meaningful difference during that time. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I just, because when you look at the roster outside of Kemba Walker, they're kind of all in the same age window. I mean, we have one of the youngest rosters in the league. I out Kemba, Tristan Thompson are really the only really seasoned veterans. Marcus smart, but he's still, he's only 26, I believe. Um, 
I guess we can kind of just like hop right into some names here because there's, there's a lot out there. Um, I know you – the most interesting one to you that you said was Aaron Gordon. So I think we should start right there. There's been a lot of rumors around him. Apparently, according to multiple sources, the Celtics are at the top of his list. Um, we seem to be gauging that very closely. Um, so where are you at with Aaron Gordon? How does he fit on this team? Because, like, there's definitely some areas here where it's not an easy fit. Um, I don't think Orlando's done a good job of maximizing his skill set, which uh, we can get into. But where are you at with Aaron Gordon on the Celtics, and what would you give up? And, you know, you can kind of pair that with Evan Fournier as well because there's rumors there as well, both Orlando players. Yeah, I did say that I wanted players who kind of matched up with the timeline. But given the reports of what the Magic are expecting for Aaron Gordon, um, I really don't like it for the Celtics. Uh, Keith Smith, NBA, reported that Orlando wants two first-round picks and a young player for Gordon. So let's say that's uh, you know, the 20, 21 first, 20, 23 first, and let's say like Romeo Langford. That trade in particular would mean that we couldn't trade our next pick until, you know, like 2025. Um, and by then, you know, Jason and Jalen are free agents. So we, I think we have to be a little bit more uh, tactful with these shots to upgrade our roster. Um, and I don't think that Aaron Gordon is necessarily a big upgrade. Um, there, I have a, a ton of questions and how he would scale to the Celtics that we can get into. We Was Marcus Smart in that trade that you just mentioned? No, it was just two firsts in Langford. I, you know, he, let's just say that was the package. For just Aaron Gordon or Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier? Oh, no, uh, just for Aaron Gordon. Okay, yeah, I know that there was a rumor that they would do Gordon and Fournier for Smart, but you can just count me out on any Marcus Smart trade that doesn't net us like a meaningful upgrade. A lateral move for Smart would make no sense to me. Agreed. Yeah, I, there was a lot of those rumors going out yesterday. Or not a lot of those rumors, but it was just that main, the main source. It was that athletic article saying they would uh, Marcus Smart would be the starting point with an Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier um, with picks attached on our end. Um, and that to me is just – it's such a win-down move. Like even if you think Aaron Gordon's about – or even Evan Fournier's about as valuable as Marcus Smart – you you can't afford to keep Evan Fournier in the offseason. You know, it's a two-month, three-month rental here. Evan Fournier is walking. And then it's basically a Marcus Smart and pick straight up for Aaron Gordon. And, you know, you can look at that as how you will. But then, again, you're just giving up assets, assets to move laterally because you're not going to win it all this year with Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier. I'm sorry, but barring major injuries, it's just not going to happen. I think that would give you – I think it would improve the team. But you're not – you're still not beating probably – uh, Brooklyn or either LA team, in my opinion. But yeah, that's where I'm kind of at with that. I, I'm interested in a trade just for Aaron Gordon. Two, it's it's really tough because I don't think I'd give up two firsts in Langford, but at the same time, I think I would for a couple of reasons. Aaron Gordon does fit. He's he's under contract till the end of next season. Uh, I believe he makes 16 million next year. Um, he if he I mean if he is boss on the top of his list. I don't know how, how true that is, but um, if he has interest in Boston, that could mean something where he would like to resign here eventually. Um, maybe he's close with some of the players, but I like it because of the age, you know, like I've mentioned a couple times now, kind of just the window here with Tatum and Brown, and you kind of want to build a team around for a couple of years in the future. And he could be one of those pieces. I don't think he's particularly 
like a great player. Um, he has his flaws, especially if you plug him into a Boston team. He's not a great catch and shoot guy. Um, defensively, he's good. Uh, I think both on ball and off ball, he's pretty pretty good there. Uh, very rangy, very versatile, uh, and a pretty smart defender as well. But offensively, I have some fit fit questions. And if you give up Marcus Smart for him, um, I mean, I think Aaron Gordon's biggest asset right now is that they're not using him as in Orlando as as a screener and a roll man and a dive man. They don't use him very well there, even though he's one of the most athletic guys in the league. Um, he's more of a run the offense through him at the elbow. Uh, he runs occasional pick and roll, even though he's more of a, he's probably more of a four these days. Um, and even some small ball five. Uh, but I just, they're not using, not to say that he has like this crazy skill set that's easy to use. Um, it's pretty unique. Um, he's a good passer, but not great. Um, he still gets tunnel vision, but I would like to, I just don't think he really would improve us very much. But the only reason I like it is the window. Like he, he's young. He's still, I believe he's about 25, 26. I think you had it written down here. Um, I wouldn't mind it. And I think Brad could get the most out of him because he's great at putting his players in positions to succeed. And I think, you know, he wants a fresh start, Aaron Gordon. He's shown glimpses of what he can be. Um, I think his biggest thing holding back is his shot, although he is shooting 40% from deep this year. I don't know how reliable that is, a trustee that is. He's basically been a low 30s, on mid-30s on a good year, uh, three-point shooter. And he's terrible in catch-and-shoot situations, which if he comes here with Kemba Brown and Tatum, he's really not running much offense. Maybe the occasional post-up and mismatches. Uh, they could run offense through him at the elbow to take advantage of his vision because he's a good passer when he wants to pass. When he starts getting downhill, that's a different story. But I'd like to use him in pick-and-roll uh, put him in the short roll, let him make passes there, take advantage of his athleticism. I think that's where he would really excel. And I think if you put him on Boston, you know, there's some potential there. Uh, I know I just talked a lot about Aaron Gordon, but you really um, did. You you yeah. talked for a while. Can I <laughs> fucking say something? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, go ahead. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but I want to push back on a couple things you did say. One, you called him a smart defender. Uh, I want to bring up a quote from our guy, Mark Schindler. He did a great article about Aaron Gordon called Aaron Gordon of pre-bubble analysis. One of his worst habits off ball is that he reacts rather than anticipates. When the ball screen comes, he often doesn't know what's happening until he's already been bumped off and it's an easy bucket for the offense. And I kind of see this lag to his game um, on both defense and offense. Uh, You mentioned his passing. And I think he's a good passer when he gets the opportunity to, you know, dribble around, uh, run a pick and roll, post up, the defense comes to him, he can react to that and make the correct pass. I don't see him as like a proactive passer who gets the ball and makes a quick decision with it. Yeah, now, I agree of, with that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what he would need to do most of the time on the Celtics. He's not going to be uh, dribbling the ball around ideally uh, when we have Kemba and Jalen and Jason Tatum, who are all better than him. And then on defense, I think you know you can blame Orlando's lack of good context for his offense, but it's hard for me to like – that's a pretty good defensive system for him. Steve Clifford, I think, is a very good defensive coach. Vooch has become, you know, a solid uh, or at least passable uh, anchor big on that end. And, uh, yeah, he just doesn't really participate in, in the playoff ball, um, which I think would be really important <laughs> because, you know, we have Smart and we have Jalen as point of attack guys. Um, Jalen especially, you don't want him off ball. 
Uh, so do you have Gordon off ball? Uh, it really doesn't quite click to me. And one thing Keith Smith mentioned in his tweet is uh, they wanted to come back to like a, a switching scheme with Gordon. Uh, they wanted to do smart Tatum Brown and, you know, either Tyser Rob Williams. And that, that was uh, most successful for them under Brad Stevens. And I don't know if that's always the case. They didn't really switch much last year when we're fourth in defense for cleaning the glass. Um, they still, they had that 2018 playoff run where they employed a lot of switch, but like, is Aaron Gordon going to unlock this defense and make it better? I, I, I'm not, I don't really see that because you still need like help side defense when the shell breaks in a switch. You still need what the Rockets had and guys like Covington and Daniel House who can like go off script and make a play and be long, which I don't think Gordon is. Yeah, I I agree uh, with a couple of those points. I You're giving me a, a little... I was kind of late last night, right? All these rumors were flying in, and I was kind of – I started watching all these Aaron Gordon videos, breaking down his offensive skill set and all that, um, just a little deeper dive on him. And I started, like, just talking myself into it. I was like, Aaron Gordon, come on, let's do it. We can switch everything. He's, you know, versatile defender. He he can come here and be a role man. He can pass in the short role. It's going to be awesome. But, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're past that honeymoon phase, you kind of realize, all right, maybe this transition isn't that easy because he's not a plug-and-play player. Like I've said a few times now, he's, you don't just plug him into a system and he's going to be great. It's, it, you need the right place for him to maximize his skill set. And if you're trading for him and you can't maximize his skill set with your current roster, your schemes, he's probably not the kind of guy to trade for. Um, but I don't know. Do you have anything else on Aaron Gordon? No, I feel like I talk my shit. <laughs> yeah, let's just say you're not the biggest Aaron Gordon. I, I just fan? it just seems overly risky. Like, no, I I I probably come off that way, and I'm not going to deny that. But taking <clears throat> if I were like a win now team taking a swing on Gordon, it would be like Dallas or somebody who can really alleviate his on ball responsibility. Um, if you put him next to Luca, he gets much more space than on the Celtics, and he gets you know clean lanes to the rim. He gets clean, you know, paths as a role man. Whereas the Celtics, it's a little bit more unclear what the best play is at any given time. Because they don't have that Luka-type creator, a lot of their offense is derived from motion and letting the ball do the work for you and making quick decisions. And, you know, part of the reason that the offense hasn't been that good is that they haven't been always able to do that. But because um, the ball gets stopped or something like that, and I just think Aaron Gordon would stop it more and I struggle to see him as like this purveyor who can amplify a motion offense. Um, it just seems like you either want a system where he can have on ball reps, which is not the Celtics or a system that really simplifies his off ball type reads, whether it's rolling to the rim or attacking a closeout and Celtics aren't that either. Yeah. I think those are all fair points. Um, but do you want to go to his partner, Evan Fournier? That was exactly where I hoped you would go, uh, Nate, because Here's a guy who I think is a plug-and-play player. Yeah. I think we all know what Evan Fournier brings. Uh, good shooter, uh, <clears throat> solid kind of secondary playmaker, can you know do a little pick-and-roll, but also can make smart decisions uh, in no time at all off the catch. Um, just some player, you know, his defense leaves some to be desired, but overall just a player that everyone could, could use. Yeah, the cost is what is everything here with me with Fournier because you got to figure he's a rental. He's a three-month rental. Um, I think you wrote down he's a bridge rotation player, which, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's basically what he would be. He adds much-needed shooting that this team needs. Um, 
He gives you another guard. He gives you some wing depth. Uh, but if they want, you know, multiple firsts, no way. I don't think he can do that. Because <laughs> once again, he's a rental and he's probably leaving the offseason. And you add Evan Fournier, once again, you're not winning the championship. I know that isn't every trade. Like, if you don't win the championship, you shouldn't make the trade. Like, that's not a good line of thinking. But you got to factor in that he's, you know, it's not like a win now player that you're adding. Like I said from the start, there's nobody out there that's going to do that for the Celtics that's available. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at with Fournier. I'd like to see the addition, but Marcus Smart's not not involved in Marcus Smart. I'm probably – I'd part with one of our young guys probably, like in a straight up or a lottery protected first in a couple of years down the line. But outside of that, like I'd love to have him on the team, but – Outside of that, I wouldn't pay up too much for him, even though he's a good player. Yeah, that's the kind of line of thinking is if they just want to get something for him. Yeah. Um, then Celtics could be a good team, could be a good landing spot. Um, we've kind of lamented the lack of Fournier-type players. I, I almost think he provides a dimension that Hayward brought last year where he's not starting the play, and sometimes he's ending the play, but not always. But most often he can be like a, a necessary play connector because we don't have that heliocentric guy who's going to get the ball exactly where it's going to go. It's going to be like Tatum runs a pick and roll. He resets it, you know, to the other side and then it's up to Fournier or it's up to Jalen or it's up to smart to then make another move um, because they don't have quite the opening that suggests they can pull up and shoot, but they can, you know, put it on the floor or make the quick extra pass to the eventual play finisher. And Fournier just gives us more guys who can do that. I think that's, you know, been the downside of uh, playing so many young guys is they don't always have that skill set firmly in place. So what would you do? Let me ask you, Scott, Scott, the GM. Um, (laughs) What would you give up for Fournier and Aaron Gordon together in a package deal? Ooh, you kind of put me on the spot. Um, Maybe I would be more um, inclined to include that second first. um, If I was getting Fournier back as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't love it for the Celtics. I, I like I, I might sound you know ridiculous because they're both you know decent players. Um, I just don't know if that's the trade that the Celtics need to make right now, um, especially when you consider Fournier as a rental. So maybe uh, anything else in that is just insulting to the Magic. They could probably get more for those guys elsewhere. Yeah, like Denver. I think that would be a yeah. very interesting place for both of them. Um, yeah, and you have Jokic to kind of draw much more attention than anybody on the Celtics can draw. So I, I really like that fit. If they just kind of station him in the corner, a la Michael Green, um, and, uh, you know, or Jokic can space the floor and you can run high pick and rolls in a five out system that gives him a ton of space to roll. Uh, I, I like that fit a lot more than I'd like him on the Celtics. Yeah, I think there's a lot of. Uh, Dallas seems to probably be buyers. Um, I think that would be even a better fit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, I'd actually love that now that I'm thinking about it. Aaron Gordon on Dallas because I I'd actually yeah because like think of it like Dwight Powell can't really jump anymore. You put a guy who can like just like turn him into a supercharged Dwight Powell, right? Because I know we'd all love to see like the Draymond type short roll passing. I don't know if the processing speed is quite there to rely on it. Maybe you can see a little bit of it, but if you just make him a, a spot-up shooter who can attack the closeout or a roll man, I love that for Aaron Gordon. So we talked about Fournier. We talked about Gordon. Another name I've seen is 
John Collins, the Hawks guys, John Collins and uh, Bogdanovich. And I don't, I really think there's nothing here. I don't know how you feel. Um, just the Hawks seem to be a little bit diluted. Is that the correct word? Well, and what they can get. Yeah. Well, you, you, you wrote down that Atlanta wants smart to smart and like anything return for John Collins. There's rumors today. They're saying it's, it's Jalen Brown. Like that. Oh yeah. I saw that. That is just like, I just want, that's, that's Travis Schlenk. I think trying to Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge. See, here's my problem with Travis Schlenk. Uh, A lot of things, but (laughs) he has had so many opportunities to create a better context for John Collins. And he seems not interested in doing it. I think trading for Capella really showed his hand that he didn't see Collins as part of the future necessarily. Um, I still think Collins is serviceable next to another rim runner. But if you're not using him as your primary rim runner, uh, he's not worth what he's going to ask for. Um, he's still a very good and improving uh, defender. He can hit a few shots, but you're not, you don't want John Collins like camped out on the arc. That's just not the best use of him. So he's kind of backed himself into the corner where they offered him four years, 90 John Collins says, no, I think he'll get more from a team that can, you know, fully utilize both his offense and defense. And meanwhile, Travis Schlenk is here using him as the main trade chip and saying he wants Jalen Brown. It's like, it's just so stupid. Like you should be happy if you get a first round pick at this point because you have no leverage with John Collins. It doesn't look like there's a long-term fit because you've done nothing to address the fit concerns that come with, you know, John Collins, who's more of a five offensively and a four defensively. Um, And now you're asking for Jalen Brown, let alone Marcus Smart. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I'm not even going to mention the Jalen Brown aspect of that. Um, Marcus Smart, you can have a conversation there, but I still don't think um, Boston's like Boston's hanging up immediately. In my opinion, um, that might not be the case, but in my opinion, that's probably what's happening. Unless Bogdanovich is also included in that package. Um, but my issue is, you trade for John Collins and you give up Marcus Smart. John Collins is one of the greatest play finishers in the league. He's one of the greatest rim runners. He's provides some of the greatest vertical spacing in the league. Great catch and shoot spot up guy, even though he's not much spot up. He's more of a pick and pop kind of guy. Um, but you take away Marcus Smart and he comes to a team that has like probably the bare minimum passing a team can have. Um, he's playing with one of the best passers in the league, uh, which definitely helps his, his numbers. It helps, you know, his skill. It, it it boosts his skill set to an extent. Um, and you bring him to Boston without a Marcus Smart, uh, I just don't like that fit whatsoever. I mean, then you're relying on guys. Then you're relying on Kemba, Tatum, and Brown to deliver him these lob passes. And you're relying on them to put him in uh, good positions on the short roll. I just, you know, even though they've all, or Brown and Tatum have showed improvements this year passing, I just, just that's just not a good fit. I mean, you're really just handicapping John Collins at that point. Yeah, and this all goes back to how everything would be fixed if Tatum had a floater. Um, then he could get into those, is it a floater, is it a lob situations with Collins. Uh, but I agree. You know, Collins, if if they had, like, Miles Turner, you know, a guy who could just kind of space the floor but also protect the rim, that would be the perfect fit for John Collins. Um, but they have Clint Capella. So I think John Collins should and probably will go to a team that has that type of player. 
Um, or at least a team like the Mavericks again would be smart to seek him out this free agency. But yeah, especially when you talk about giving up Marcus Smart, who in my opinion is just a better player than Collins. Maybe it's not as big of a gap as it used to be. Collins has really made strides this year. Um, it's just a non-starter if I'm if I'm Boston. Yeah, I, I'm likely in the same boat. Um, his teammate though, Bogdanovich. Um, I'm a little more interested until I saw that he's already 28. I didn't know that. I, he's already 28 <laughs> yeah. and a half years old. I didn't know that. <laughs> I tweeted today, uh, you know, uh, up-and-coming 28-year-old wing Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he'd be an interesting fit, and I think he'd actually – his skill set would be pretty fine here. You know, he's a great, he's a great shooter. I, the numbers don't reflect it, but he has a the degree of difficulty on the shots he takes are pretty tough. Um, he shoots a high volume of them. Um, he's actually a pretty solid passer. Uh, you can run secondary pick and roll with him. He can make the right pass, but, and he's probably cheaper, even though he's under books for the next four years, he's had a really injury riddled year. Um, he's hasn't really found his footing yet in Atlanta. Uh, but I think he'd probably be cheaper than John Collins at this point. I mean, especially if they're asking for Jalen Brown for John Collins, but I think he'd be cheaper. I'd be more interested, interested in him, a lot like the Orlando situation here. I'm more interested in the off guard rather than the more star-powered power forward. Um, I don't know if you're in the same boat there as well. I I, I am vaguely interested, absolutely. Um, based on what they're asking for Collins, I can't imagine that their uh, Bogdan asks are – at all reasonable. Um, but it is kind of, uh, I almost feel like it's them being Kenny Smith in that Wendy's commercial where they're like, I, I messed up. I made the wrong choice. It just seemed like the Bogdan signing was like what Travis Schlenk thought a smart GM would do, where it's like, Oh, here's a name that's getting a lot of buzz. I'm going to sign him with my team. I don't know if he fits. And now Hawks have him, Kevin Herter, Deandre Hunter, Gallinari, all guys who like, are yet to show much on defense around Trey young and also aren't quite secondary options on a good team. You know, I would like all of those guys as my third option, um, but none is my second option. And so that's where they're at now. Celtics obviously have the talent to make Bogdan the third option. I just don't know if the price will be right. um, Given the Hawks repetitive, I just feel like I'm coming down on them. I like this team a lot. I just, I'm on a mission to, you know, get rid of any Travis Schlenk propaganda. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's Hawks hate. I think it's Travis Schlenk. I, I just want, I love Trey Young. And, you know, you could say what you want about him. I think he's awesome. Um, and I just would have maybe done a few things differently. Yeah, this offseason was really like one of those things where they had money to spend, they had free agents. They didn't, like, I'm sure they thought about the fit, obviously, but they kind of just, Threw it all on the same kind of guy, unproven defenders, like you said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what can we – it doesn't seem like they tried to maximize Trey Young. I know their biggest concern was they didn't want Trey Young to have a 40% usage again. They didn't want Trey Young to run pick, pick and roll 40 times a game over and over and over, um, you know, because that is probably another big reason why he sucks on defense. Not, not – <laughs> I mean, he's just gassed, you know. He's running yeah. – he's doing everything for them last year. So that was probably a lot of what they were thinking, which I get. But, uh, I mean – you kind of just looked at the offensive side of the ball there, and then you kind of didn't also get a guy who can actually consistently run a good pick and roll. Um, but that's enough. That's enough Hawks hate, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But like one thing I'll say is 
You know, we just watched the Celtics lose to the Grizzlies, and I thought DeAnthony Melton was destroying us in the second half. Mm. Why didn't the Hawks sign him? He got less than $10 million a year. I know our friend Andrew Kelly wrote a great 400-word article about it. I think he put more thought into it than uh, they did. Quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, Harrison Barnes, who that- to me seems like it's not going to happen at this point. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff coming out right now is – the Kings are kind of just like trying to make a run at this play-in. You know, they're trying to float around there. They're trying to see what they can do. And they're not really just trying to give up Barnes just to get off of him, um, which which is fine. You know, they, they want to establish that winning culture, get into the play-in game. Who knows what happens there, you know. So I'm fine with that from Sacramento's perspective. Um, I'd love the fit in Boston. I think he would provide the wing depth we need, some more switchability, uh, pretty solid defender, could shoot the ball well. Um, I'd like, I would love the fit in Boston, but I don't know what they're asking for. It seems like it's probably too high at this point. Um, so, and like you said, nothing. There's nothing coming from Sacramento. So, Harrison Barnes probably isn't coming here. Yeah, but one guy who has been in rumors um, throughout the entire season is Nemanja Bjelica. Yes, um, and that's more of like a cosmetic Reno rotation upgrade to me. It just gives us one more guy who I know for a fact should probably be in an NBA rotation. I don't know if you want to spend that much time about him. We kind of know his deal. Uh, kind of a pseudo playmaking four who can shoot it. And, uh, I, you know, I, I thought he would have been a good offseason acquisition, but that was when I thought Semi Ojale would be unplayable, and he's proven to be a little better than I expected. So. Certainly there are other holes that we that they could fill on the bench, but I don't really feel that strongly about trading for him, although I did see his name in the latest uh, Mark Stein newsletter. If the price is like a a, a second? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll t- yeah. We'll, I'll take like a good eighth man, you know? We could use that. Yeah, well, he's barely he's barely in the rotation over there in Sacramento. Yeah. So I, I wonder how much of that is like – his fault. I know he wasn't great to start the year. I have trouble believing he's just cooked now. Um, he's been, you know, maybe it was two years ago. I thought he was really good. And then he was fine last year. I'd be vaguely interested. Um, another player in Stein's newsletter was Norman Powell, who I think we both uh, are a little higher on, but again, not sure of the price Raptors, a lot of noise around them for various reasons. I know you're a big Norm guy, though, Nate, right? Oh, I love Norm. Yeah, Storm and Norman. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, he's – I mean, I've seen more of Brooklyn as kind of the destination or more of a team that has, like, a really solid young piece to give up. Because, I mean, at the rate he's been playing, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a really good young – not really good, but, I mean, like, a good young player at this point. I don't think we have that. Um, and I just – I, you know, he's great. And whatnot, I'd love him here, but the price just doesn't seem there. I don't know if Toronto's interested in doing business with Boston, to be honest. I know that's kind of like a one of those things that people, you know, it's – I don't know how teams really feel about that, like doing business with like not necessarily your rival, but a team that you go up against pretty often um, and kind of like, you know, you've been competing with now for a few years. Um, so I don't know if that's like kind of like the number one place they'd want to move him. Um, but I love Norman here. Um, I actually just saw, I saw, I don't know why you wrote this, but why did you call Bialita Bia Pizza? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, one of my friends, uh, my friend Misha, um, calls him Nemanja Bia Pizza, um, as in B A Pizza. So he said it once, and I just haven't been able to get it out of my head since. Um, I mean, it's an easy way to remember. Yeah, exactly. It's a good way to remember the pronunciation. Absolutely. Well, um, I botched the pronunciation. You you remember that big draft pod we did in Premium Hoops, like one of the first episodes? What'd you call him? I, I first of all, I didn't say his first name, and all okay. I did was say, "I'm gonna select." Uh, I said like Blizzlika, <laughs> and there was Bajelica. like a ten second pause there. No one said anything, and someone said, "Do you mean Bialita?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, him." All right, um, but. So the Brooklyn asset would be Nick Claxton? Uh, yes, or okay. Spencer Dinwiddie. That's a good point um, if, if they want to go that direction. So you wouldn't include Robert Williams as the Celtics? Because I think he's about as good of a prospect as Claxton, if not better you know, at this no, point. Yeah. Um, he's... He's a free agent. That's that's what just gives obviously gives me pause. If he wasn't, he wouldn't be available. Um, For the record, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. Yeah, I it's. I like Rob. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do it. I don't. Th- <laughs> I I just no, because I don't know how it. Once again, it comes to the point of, is he going to stay? And like, can we even afford him? I'm not sure. I'm not a big cap guy. I don't. No, we can't afford him. Actually, that's a straight. It, it up would answer. be. It, it would. Uh put us pretty deep in the luxury tax with the impending Jason Tatum extension and Kemba still on the books for another two years. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't. I, and I don't even know if Toronto would either. I don't know how, I don't know how the rest of the league views Robert Williams, honestly. Um, yeah, me neither. I think the I know, way, I, I think I Stevens, no, oh, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm getting around to him. Uh, he's just such a unique skill set. Just not even just because of his, his uh, vertical spacing. It's just his passing. Like he's a very, good passer for a center like he's makes quick decisions and he sees stuff that like i can't believe he sees and if his defensive uh feel gets anywhere close to his offensive feel he can be a scary player in this league for a long time and i think he's shown glimpses there defensively um he's starting to improve on like where to be at the right time and showing help when he needs to he's not dropping like six feet deep on every screen now or and on every yeah on every ball screen you know he's actually coming up a little more he had that strip on jaw in the floater range last night um in crunch time where jaw was killing him with floaters he took a step up and ripped it from him and i think i believe he blocked him on another floater you know he's actually starting to be able to brook lopez that floater range area he's working on that um just needs to stay on his feet at times but i mean i, I might have uh gotten a little bit too high on him when i said he could be like a mini bam out of bio in my article a lot of people on reddit mentioned that bam out of bio can dribble and rob <laughs> williams cannot which is a great point but that being said i still think i i'm high on his ability to facilitate also from dribble handoffs and celtics have started doing more of that lately yeah uh, he's I, read some because nice he can slip passes. those if if they uh if they don't, if they forget about him, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, he's always looking at, like you said, he's throwing some nice passes. He's always keeping an eye on the weak side of the court, uh, depending on depending on where the help goes. Yeah, um, I don't even know where we're at before time on Nor- Norman Powell. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do it, and you wouldn't do it either. Um, if 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 we have to offer Rob, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, I'd, have, maybe I yeah. do like a protected first if that's all they can get for him. Um, I gotta but, imagine they're getting more than that. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, how about the Guccovich? The Gooch. 
Um, Gooch the Gooch. Yeah, I, it's not happening. That's what I'll no, leave it at. I, I wanted to do it when I thought that we would be good, um, but we're not, and it doesn't make sense for where we're at. If we were playing better, yeah, I agree. If we were playing better, <laughs> like, what are we, 20, 21 and 22? Like, let's say, what is that, 43 games? Let's say we're 20 – I, my math sucks. I don't know. Let's say just say, say we're playing. Let's say we're playing thirty and thirteen ball, blowing the doors off teams. Top five offense. Top not five even teams. that. Like twenty eight and fifteen, <laughs> twenty six and seventeen. Yeah. And then you yeah. can acquire Vucevic. That might, if we're playing that well, that might be enough to push you through. You know, that's yeah. actually there, and he's not an impending free agent, right? I don't believe mm-hmm. so. If um, it made us, if it allowed us to knock on the door of the big boys in the East. Yeah. But at this point, I don't think that even does that. And Orlando, you know, they they value him, value him super high, as they should. Um, I don't really think he's necessarily available unless they get absolutely blown away with an offer, which I don't think we could even offer. I don't think we have that. So he's, If the Spurs want to, like, get in on this with, like, any one of their young guys, like Keldon or Vassell or DeJounte or whomever, Derek White, and then, like, add a pick. Celtics can't compete with that. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, the Gooch is too pricey, as you said, Scott. Yes, Gooch is too pricey. I uh, completely agree. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's a few names here that, uh, unless there's, like, an, another obvious – I think that's it for obvious. So, Lonzo sat tonight. <laughs> I, I think he's actually hurt, though. Um, but he, he is not playing tonight against the Lakers. Is it, did that just come out? Wow. Um, wow. But I think he's actually hurt. But, oh, you know, okay. kind of interesting. Yeah, he's – there's so many teams I'd love to see him in. And, like, New Orleans is one of those teams. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, awesome there. But in, it, just bringing it back to Boston, I don't think – I mean, we got – he was mentioned in our uh, replies here on the question we asked. Uh, but I just don't see that avenue. I don't think he would want to come to Boston, per se. And I don't think we, you know, he's 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 a guy you can kind of almost plug and play in any system, especially with the way he's been shooting the ball right now, you know, in the half court. He doesn't need to be your lead guard. He's shown that now with this shot. When his shot was absolute shit, he was nothing in the half court. Like, he was useless. You leave him alone. He's not going to hit the ball. You go under every single ball screen. He, he has no in-between game. But with the shot falling, he's actually a respectable off guard now, and he can actually function in a half court offense now. Um, and obviously we know how great of a connector he is, how great of a passer he is. Um, very smart player, but I just, I'd like the fit in Boston, but I just, that's just not going to happen. I haven't it, seen any yeah. rumors on it. And I guess that's where most trades happen these days. It's kind of just when nobody expects it, but I just don't see it. Well, we can play this clip on our reaction pod when he gets traded to Boston. Hey, I mean, knock on wood, dude. I hope so. So, I, I love mean, him. Depends what it costs, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What would you think New Orleans would ask for? Probably a lot. You have to start it at like a good, like an actual first round pick. Um, I think they're they starting want... it smart, dude. Yeah. Oh gosh. I you know part of the reason I'm interested in him is I want to see a backcourt of Lonzo I know. and Smart defensively. Like holy shit. Um, and you can even play them as the two and three because they can guard up and play Kemba at the one. You know, do whatever you want. I just want guys who are smart defenders and can uh, be good play connectors, if not initiators. Yeah, that would solve a lot of the ball movement issues we've had. Although the last mm-hmm. few games, 
it's looked a lot better. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. There's a couple more guys here we got asked about. Uh, you want to go to Spencer Dinwiddie? I just this- let's go to Spencer Dinwiddie. Shout out Garrett Bouguet um, with the uh, out of the box out of the box name here. Good job, Garrett. Yeah, you go ahead. You hit it. What do you got to say on Dinwiddie? That's I, I, when you really kind of like zoom out. This whole Dinwiddie trade situation is fascinating because here is this like good starting point guard who his team is not going to pay him. I, I don't think it makes sense for the Brooklyn Nets to be the offer for him. They don't particularly need his skill set. Um, it would be awesome, but they don't need to pay whatever he is due to make likely. I mean, we'll see if the offer is there despite the injury. I think it will be anyway set because of that. This is like their opportunity to not lose him for nothing. And so since people know that Brooklyn isn't really going to pay him, the leverage has to be external. The, the only way to get something significant for him is create a bidding war between a few teams. And I don't know if there will be a bidding war, but let's say there's not like, this is a great opportunity to get onto a ground, the ground floor uh, value wise for a player who's pretty much better than most of these names that we've mentioned um, and would be maybe not the perfect point guard on the same window as Jason and Jalen, but you know, he's 27, he's younger than Kemba and could like kind of continue that window for a little bit longer. So yeah, the injury obviously is the big hang up and the unclear status behind his asking price. And also the fact that it probably won't happen altogether, but you know, let's get weird with it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like getting asked that because it, you know, makes you think about him on the team, even though it's an unrealistic uh, addition, it makes you think about it. Uh, And I think he would be a fine fit, but I mean, that's all I'll say. It's just not going to happen. Like we said, I think, I think a Norm Powell Dinwiddie swap actually sounds really interesting to me for both sides. Uh, But yeah. Um, Do we have any other names here? Any other rumors? Oh yeah. Just uh, Al Horford, you know, he fits perfectly into that Hayward trade exception. Um, Some, uh, I forget who I'm sorry. Hayden Gray said to do it for the memes. Um, Al Horford back to the Celtics. And, uh, that was a reply we got. A lot of people, when I wrote that article, uh, saying Tatum could really benefit from, you know, a, a big who can shoot, dribble, and pass and operate in DHOs. And, you know, Celtics fans together all said, oh, it sounds like Horford. And obviously he's like 34 at this point. So it wouldn't be a trade where we would uh, ideally give up much. And it makes more sense for the Thunder just to keep him. Um, just to, you know, because what they do is they, uh, they flip, they flip players, right? They flip contracts where they took on Al when he was considered a negative asset. They'll wait a few years and, uh, you know, Clippers will be desperate and they'll flip him for a pick. Or 37 year old Al Horford. <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll acquire. He's, he's the answer to the 2024 Clippers problems. Absolutely. You, you, you got that right. Well, he's owed. I mean, he's owed. 27 and a half next year, 26 and a half the year after, you know, yeah, which, so it's actually till it's actually till 2023. You're right. But yeah. Under point free agent, but yeah. He's yeah. That he's not coming <laughs> back to Boston. He's too pricey. It's too like, I'd love it. It'd be awesome. Like he was awesome, but 
And, you know, uh, it's funny that Celtics fans mentioned that with DHO, uh, with the yeah. Celtics, and how Tatum would be great there with Al Horford. Oh, hey, he, he played with him for a couple of years. I honestly didn't <laughs> even think of that. I started looking at other, like you said, like the Bam out of bios and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, Al Horford's not coming back to Boston. But uh, can we take a second here to, like, Sam Presti, like, he's collecting all these picks and he's flipping some guys. But let's pump the brakes on crowning this guy for just trading players for picks. Like, that's the easy part. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's hit on some picks here, uh, which he has. You know, there's been some solid – they have a solid collection of young talent right now. But uh, let's utilize these picks for, to hit on some guys and then maybe, you know, kind of like San Antonio has right now, just a surplus of good young players – and then let's make that next move. Let's acquire that superstar. You know, that those are the tough parts. The easy part is just trading a guy for picks. Like, that's easy. All you have to do is say he's this guy's on the market. We want picks. And it's like, oh, this guy's offers better than this one. All right, we'll do that one. You know, I'm not ready to crown Sam Presti yet. I think that's always been a criticism with him is, like, he's very good at, uh, you know, creating Harvard, you know, creating the bevy of assets, and he's hit on a few picks. But, you know, let's go back to the 2016 – playoffs Kevin Durant's last series the Warriors and they were playing like Dion Waiters and Andre Roberson like 30 minutes each um and it's, it's you just wonder why he can't just make a few more like win now moves when he has the perfect win now team with KD Russ and Ibaka in their primes you know just examples like that like Courtney Lee went to the Hornets for a second round pick that year like you're telling me you have to roll in with Roberson and Dion Waiters. So I'm, I, I just, I think evaluating him as a GM is a very nuanced and complicated conversation. Well, I'll tell you what we're not going to do at North station hoops. We will not slander Dion Waiters. Okay. We will not slander. Philly <laughs> cheesesteak, all right. <laughs> all right. No, I mean, vibes King, that player's oh. tribune article was goaded. But, you know, I was a fan of Thunder. I wanted Kevin Durant to stay in OKC. I thought that would have been awesome. I still liked Russ. <laughs> and uh, I can't not help but be affected by these things. But, yeah, you're right. I, I don't want to throw too much shade at Dion. <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing what he could do. They know what they – when they signed up for him, they know what they were getting. He was oh, going to chuck the ball and not do much on the other end. And he was actually pretty good in that series for some games. Like – not as good as that Miami run, but, like, there were some good Dion games for sure. Listen, if he gets hot, he's scary. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He is scary. All he, right. was, he was, like, the original bucket. Before who? I don't know. Just, like, he was the first guy that people called a bucket. Did people call Jamal? Was that a term? Am Jamal I, Crawford? Am I just really out of the loop? But, like, when did start people start saying a guy was a bucket? I feel like they call him a bucket getter or a certified bucket. Yeah, no, but, like, now people say people forget so-and-so was a bucket. Like, when did that? I don't know. I, I, I need to figure out because I think it was around the time Deion Waiters was a bucket. Was Andre Robeson sure. a bucket as well? Um, no. Quite the opposite. He almost yes. couldn't hit the bucket on most of his shots. Ah, there you go. Um, <laughs> we also got a reply uh, asking us to mention Lavoy Allen. Um, not as a trade target, just they wanted us to mention Lavoy Allen. And that just was some, my friend Ethan Giles. Yeah, just some love, you know. Great mid-range shooter. Um, 
I don't know if uh, he would, you know, stick in a rotation without extending that to the three, given his uh, power forward size, but that's okay. Given that he's been out of the league for like four years. That's also a a factor going against him as well. Um, Yeah, definitely. All right, Scott. Well, this is a ton of fun. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I had a good time. Yeah, I I think uh, doing a little bit of a jog beforehand got me feeling, uh, you know, a little bit energetic and uh, a little feisty. So uh, good routine and – I'm very excited for these next couple days. Maybe maybe that should be your ritual before every record. Yeah, I, I do it sometimes for sense and scalability just because it calms my nerves. I know hosting can be kind of overwhelming at first. And I think you've been doing a great job, but I used to run so that I'd be a little bit more relaxed. But, you know, it's gotten better. I'm not like Bill Russell where I have to uh, throw up before every recording um, <laughs> or game or whatever you want to call it. But... Yeah, well, I'm enjoying this, and I'm enjoying that episode. Uh, and we're probably going to do a sense and scalability trade deadline reaction there, where we won't just do Celtic specific trades, but like pretty much everything. Um, and we'll also do one here, I imagine. Yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday night, uh, right around seven, eight o'clock. So there hasn't been. I've been checking my phone. There hasn't been any big news yet. Um, this will go up tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning. There might be some big news that breaks overnight. I don't know if there is. I'll be hype. To record another one immediately? Uh, it's an okay problem to have. I just want trades. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't want another dry because your last trade deadline was pretty dry, wasn't it? I think so. Um, and pretty much every every single one has been to my memory uh, since 2015 when uh, Isaiah Thomas went to the Celtics. But not only that, you had the MCW trade. You had other ones that I'm forgetting. But that one was fireworks. Well, to be fair, this one, it, it wasn't the trade deadline, but – we had the James Harden in season trade, but oh, okay, yeah, that was pretty hype. That yeah. that was actually the day that I like got back, you know, on Twitter or so, you know, and back in like the group chat because I had unplugged for a while, and I'm like, this seems important. <laughs> yeah, the reaction pod and everything. All right, um, all right, everyone, thanks for listening. It means a ton. Uh, give us a like and review on Apple Podcasts if you don't mind. It really helps us out. Um, check out premiumhoops.org where, you know, we'll see all of my stuff, Scott's stuff, Mark, Evan, Joe, you know, the whole crew. Um, Cody. Cody. Corbin. How did I forget the, about Cody the, the, and Corbin? And the two C's, as, yeah. as they're called. You're right. Um, yeah, We're the two C's fans. We're the two C's fans. They're the two C's. Important difference. Yeah, I also realized that we, that whole Premium Hoops crew now, um, outside of Cody, we're all rooting for poverty teams. <laughs> I kind of realize. Oh that, yeah, like, the, the Pacers are like the Pacers don't exist right now. Pacers, I don't think about the Pacers. Pacers, Celtics. I mean, you got the T Wolves. Are the Pacers like playing games? Like they're just oh, playing they games got, like they, everyone they else. They gave up a buck forty to Milwaukee last night without, <laughs> without Giannis. I, I'm not convinced that they've played a game since February. Yeah, yeah, they're struggling <laughs> a lot. So, but so is the rest of the East, unless you're the top three or like Atlanta right now or Miami. Um, but, yeah, let's wrap it up. Everyone, thanks for listening. Check us out, premiumhoops.org. Like I said, check out Sense and Scalability. They just dropped a great episode on Monday, all about defense, very enlightening. Um, and check out Premium Hoops. Check out our podcast. Mark's killing it over there right now. I know he's dropping some big news tomorrow, which you'll know by this time, uh, by the time you hear this. But, yeah, everyone have a good rest of your day. Peace.